Hello, and welcome to the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. My name is Holly Samuel, and I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. And my goal with this podcast is to empower you with nutrition and exercise knowledge from various health and wellness experts and everyday runners to become the best, strongest, fastest, fit cookie version of yourself that you can be. Are you ready? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. So today on the podcast, we are talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. It is getting a lot more attention lately in the running community, thanks to a lot of athletes who are speaking up and women and coaches as well. And that is hypothalamic amenorrhea and period loss, specifically in runners. So what is hypothalamic amenorrhea or HA? So this is officially a condition where menstruation, which, you know, we can kind of categorize as your entire monthly cycle, but specifically talking about your period stops for several months in a row and can occur for a variety of reasons. Hypothalamic amenorrhea you know, often occurs for reasons related to stress. And that is the biggest reason. And it might not be the typical stressors that you're thinking of. So today we're really going to focus on stressors like overexercise and underfueling related stressors, specifically in the female running population. Because typically what happens in hypothalamic amenorrhea is that our body is under a lot of stress and it's not getting what it needs in order to keep the accessory body systems functioning. One of those being your reproductive system. So typically your reproductive system doesn't really need to be working properly in order to keep you alive like today. (laughs) Um, You know, it is one of those accessory body systems that, you know, is convenient to have to procreate. But in females, there are a lot of different health um, outcomes and other body systems that are affected by our reproductive system working either like it should or not like it should. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Before we dive in, I will put out my disclaimer. Though I am a registered dietitian and nutrition professional in this field, and I'm also a personal trainer, I am not your dietitian unless you are one of my one-on-one clients. So therefore, none of this is going to replace individualized medical advice from an appropriate healthcare professional. I strongly recommend that if you think you have hypothalamic amenorrhea or if you're experiencing irregular or missing periods, that you reach out to your doctor and discuss what the potential root cause of this is so that you can get individualized treatment. I also recommend that if your doctor brings up the birth control pill as the only solution to this problem, you might want to ask more questions, (laughs) and I will help you kind of be able to formulate those today. So common misconceptions that we're going to talk about and also how to address um, hypothalamic amenorrhea are following. So there's three common misconceptions that I want to talk about. 
and then we'll debunk them. So the first being that you have to be underweight or rail thin at a really low body fat percentage or look a certain way in order to lose your period. The second misconception is that you have to be exercising a certain amount or running, you know, X miles per week or be a fast runner, quote unquote, in order to lose your period. The third misconception is that you can just go on the birth control pill for now and worry about it later. (laughs) Um, So let's debunk that first misconception first, that you have to be underweight or rail thin in order to lose your period. So basically, everybody has a different set point. And what I mean by set point is that this is going to be the weight or weight range, and it can be anywhere from 1 to 15 pounds of a range that your body is going to be happy at when you are eating enough, exercising in a way that makes you feel good, and not having to micromanage or restrict any of your lifestyle behaviors in order to be healthy. So for some people, that might look like, you know, a weight that is seemingly within a healthy BMI range by society. And for others, that might not be the case. So that's why BMI, which is your body mass index, which is basically just your height for weight ratio as a measurement of health and why weight as a measurement of health is a bit of a problem (laughs) because it puts people into these categories and it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's healthy or unhealthy if they fall within a certain category. Some can exist at a lower, um, you know, BMI or weight or set point or body fat percentage and still be considered healthy and still have a menstrual cycle while others are going to, you know, maybe be at a higher body fat percentage or a higher BMI or not in the technical healthy normal range and still lose a period or have a period and be healthy. It really depends on the person and it's highly individualized. Oftentimes periods and menstrual cycles are seen as a vital sign in females because how we react um, to stress and how our menstrual cycle reacts or doesn't react often can dictate a lot about our health status and what's going on in the female body. So another reason why uh, you don't need to be a certain weight to lose your period is that you might find, you know, that when you're really exercising a lot and, you know, you're not eating enough, you know, you might find that your weight you know, goes lower and that you look, you know, great. And you're getting compliments from people because you lost weight, but you lose your period and other problems start to happen. And that's why I want to talk about this today, because it's really frustrating when women get, you know, compliments or that, you know, well-intentioned comments on their bodies, but it reinforces a negative behavior and negative health consequences. And that can be really tough. So the second myth that we're debunking, which is that you have to exercise a certain amount or run a certain amount of mileage or run fast in order to lose your period. And this um, combined with the big picture is definitely a myth that I want to debunk because basically everybody handles stress differently. And when you are exercising, that is a stressor on the body. Ideally, it's a positive stressor. It's stress where, you know, our cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, increases when you start exercising and it allows, you know, some good stuff to happen. But ideally, once we stop exercising, that cortisol level comes back down. We're no longer stressed and actually our body is able to rebuild itself stronger as a result. That's what should happen. 
when we are exercising and maybe there's a lot of other things going on in our life. So we're, we're stressed or maybe we're not eating enough. So that exercise and depleting the tank even more is really even more of a stressor. And that's when the exercise stressor just becomes stress overall throughout your entire day. And this is when someone can lose their period. For some women, this could be, you know, they can handle running 100 miles a week really fast, doing strength training and, you know, be fine and still have a period. While for other women, you know, if they're not doing that properly, they might lose their period. For some women, it might be as soon as they hit, you know, marathon training, half marathon training, you know, 30 miles a week, you know, 20 miles a week, that that's a lot of stress on their body and they lose their period. So it really depends on the person and it shouldn't be a subject of shame like, oh, you know, I can't handle as much as her, so I'm not as good. That's not what it means. It just means that, okay, that exercise is stressing your body out enough to a point where, you know, our body thinks that it can't support new life, so it shuts off. So what's going wrong here? Is the exercise itself the only thing causing too much stress, or is it a bunch of other lifestyle factors in addition to too much exercise? All of it's very relative and very um, dependent on the individual. The third myth we want to debunk is that you can just go on the birth control pill (laughs) and, you know, this will all just go away. So originally, the birth control pill was thought to be a way to support a woman's bone health if she was active and losing her period. And new research has come out, you know, years and years and years um, abundantly that this is not the case at all. So a little bit of a backstory on the birth control pill. So how hormonal birth control pills or IUDs or patches or um, implants, I can't talk, (laughs) work is that they replace your body's natural hormone cycles with um, synthetic hormones. And if you are not having a period, it means that your hormones are not doing what they should be doing. And oftentimes you're going to have very low amounts of hormones. And that's what's not triggering your period or your whole menstrual cycle over the course of the month with ovulation and everything to happen. Because your hormones need to be doing a certain thing and need to be at a certain level in order for that to happen. And if you're not producing enough hormones because we're too stressed, whether it's because of exercise, diet, or lifestyle, or something else going on in the body, that we're not going to produce those hormones, and therefore we're not going to have a menstrual cycle. So what the pill does is it will take you know, someone's hormone cycle that their body naturally produces, and it will kind of shut that off and replace it with a synthetic hormone cycle. Or if you're not producing hormones at all, it'll just, you know, put in its own synthetic hormone cycle. So what this does is it basically allows your body to have some sort of extrinsic hormones, which originally was thought to be beneficial for bone health, because for females especially, we need to have normal hormone production in order to keep and maintain our bone health and fertility but we're really finding this is not the case at all. So let me explain a little bit more. So when you are getting synthetic hormones and you are having a period on the pill, this is not the same thing as having a period not on the pill. 
And that's because what happens during that time is that it's usually the placebo week of the pill cycle or of, you know, an implant or an IUD where you're not getting quite as many hormones in your system. And therefore you have a withdrawal bleed in order to reduce the amount of um, uterine lining in your body and reduce the risk of contracting uterine cancer. So this is called a withdrawal bleed and it is not actually your body making enough hormones to produce an egg, to release the egg, to have the egg travel down the fallopian tube and, and then shed your lining if you're not pregnant. They're not the same thing at all. It's basically just a fake bleed. <laughs> if you're not having a bleed on a birth control pill at all, you know, definitely talk with your doctor. For some pills, that's to be expected, while for others, that's not normal either. So it is important to communicate that with your doctor. So if you are, you know, on the birth control pill and you're exercising a lot, you maybe you're training for marathons and you're not really sure if you're fueling enough, but you're getting a withdrawal bleed every month from the pill, that still doesn't mean you couldn't have hypothalamic amenorrhea. And what I want to be very clear here is that a lot of the times what doctors have done and still do to this day, a lot of them are still doing this, even though it's not recommended, is to put someone on birth control in order to, quote unquote, help them get their period back. And that's not what happens on the birth control pill. You have a fake bleed. You do not get your period back. If you stop taking the pill, you're going to be in the same place in terms of your body's natural hormone production because the pill is just a mask for a problem. And oftentimes, too, we're finding that the fake hormones in birth control are not supportive of bone health like our body's natural hormones are. And why is this a problem? So if you're not producing enough female hormones, your bone density is going to suffer because female hormones and testosterone as well, which females do possess um, and make, your bone health is a huge, huge outcome of healthy hormone production. If you are not making enough hormones, your bone density is going to suffer. And that is one of the things about hypothalamic amenorrhea, underfueling, and, you know, even eating disorders that is and can be irreversible, which is really sad. So basically, if you want to be continuing to build your strength and endurance and get faster and be a lifelong runner past your 30s, you need to have healthy bone density. You absolutely need to, which means that you need to have a period, which means that you need to care about your period and you need to care about finding a solution for your hypothalamic amenorrhea past the birth control pill. So one reason why this is the case is because if your bone density is too low, you are going to be at a much higher risk for developing stress fractures and regular fractures as well. And that can start to happen in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, and throughout the rest of your life if you don't address this problem. And the earlier, the better when you address it. Because there is a certain point in our life where we will stop laying down new bone, and that is irreversible. So this is one reason why we really need to care about this. So you might be thinking, okay, you debunked some myths about hypothalamic amenorrhea and you gave me some things to think about, you know, why, like, where should I start? (laughs) 
So my primary recommendation would be to start by contacting your general practitioner, so your primary care practitioner, or your OBGYN or gynecologist, whoever you have a pretty good or a long-term relationship with. And if you don't have a relationship with either, you should probably go get one. (laughs) Um, That way, they will be aware of what's going on. They'll know a little bit more about your medical history if you already have a relationship with them. And they'll be able to test your blood and run some other tests just to rule out other potential problems that could be preventing you from having a period. And you'll also want them to check your bone density, especially if you've had stress fractures or reactions in the past. It's really important that you have your bone density checked because that is something that you want to address immediately because, like I said, it's irreversible and it does take a lot of time to improve, you know, if you're at a young age where that's still an opportunity. So first, we're going to see our general practitioner. We're getting some blood tests and checking our bone density to make sure that the correct diagnosis is indeed hypothalamic amenorrhea and that the root cause of it is likely some sort of stressor. So the second tip that I would give to go is to work with a registered dietitian who specializes in runners if you're a runner and particularly one who has a non-diet approach um, especially if you are super afraid, like if the the thought of eating a lot more or a lot differently, and also seeing your body change really stresses you out. Because that can be a really big part of this process that's necessary. And a lot of you might not want to hear this, (laughs) but it can be necessary. You know, I can't predict what your weight or set point, like we talked about in the beginning, is going to be when you are overall healthy. But what I can tell you is that being overall healthy is going to be worth it. (laughs) So I would highly recommend working with a registered dietitian to help address any dietary gaps that you need to fill. And if you are finding you have a poor relationship with food and maybe you don't have a great relationship with your body as well, a registered dietitian who uses a non-diet approach and one who specifically works with athletes or runners like yourself and like myself is going to be able to help you navigate this. In terms of diet, something that I look at with my clients who experience hypothalamic amenorrhea or other related conditions that are related to underfueling is your overall calorie intake and also how much um, fat and carbohydrates you're consuming. So I think the macronutrient, which if you're new to this lingo, basically macronutrients provide calories, which are energy for your body. And the four macronutrients that provide calories are protein, fat, carbohydrates, and technically alcohol is the fourth one. So as a dietitian, I'm going to look at your dietary intake, and I'm also going to look at your your reason for your dietary intake, meaning do you have a good relationship with food or not? And I'm going to assess if you're eating enough in general and also look at if you're eating enough fat because fat is one of the main components that helps us make hormones. And if we're missing a period, it means we're missing hormones (laughs) or if we're coming off of birth control, it means we're missing hormones and we need fat to make hormones. And also that you're eating enough carbohydrates, which are the body's main energy source, because your body needs a lot of energy to menstruate and it needs even more energy to menstruate and be an athlete. So that is something that I help my clients with. I help them with what they're eating and why they're eating it and the whole mindset and relationship with food and body image. 
Something I also use with my clients is a company called Inside Tracker to test um, their blood work and labs. So this might be separate from the original blood work you have done with your doctor when you're first assessing what diagnosis you have and what your root cause of hypothalamic amenorrhea is. But I often do follow-up blood work with my clients to address a lot of other things because things like your sex hormones like DHEAS and estrogen and testosterone, um, your stress hormones like cortisol, vitamin D, which goes along with your bone health, all of your different iron labs and your B vitamin labs and other labs as well do also tend to go with um, complications that can happen from hypothalamic amenorrhea. If you've been on the birth control pill too, a lot of um, birth control pills can deplete micronutrients um, such as zinc and you know B vitamins and, and vitamin E and selenium and a lot of other things as well. So I like to do blood work to test um, your blood levels to see, okay, what gaps do we have to fill in? Because you know while we can do a lot with diet, sometimes if we are deficient in something, supplementation is necessary. But I like to test and not guess, which is Inside Tracker's motto, because I don't want to make you take a supplement that's expensive and annoying to take if you don't have to. <laughs> and I like to be as specific about my supplementation recommendations as I can be. And with Inside Tracker, what's very cool is that if you are an athlete or if you do have a goal of getting your period back, oftentimes they will recommend more specific ranges for your blood work in order for it to be optimized. So if you're just squeaking in the normal range of your labs, a lot of the times your doctor might say, hey, you know, your lab work came back normal, but I don't know why you're still having this problem. Well, it could be because even though it's in the normal range, it's not optimized for you. And that's why I really like Inside Tracker, and that's why I use them. I use them with my clients, but if you're wanting to try them out for yourself, you can use code HOLLY, which is H-O-L-L-E-Y, to get 20% off your purchase. And I'd also be happy to collaborate with you in a consult that we can discuss about your results. So one, we're seeing our doctor to test the root cause of our hypothalamic amenorrhea and get a proper diagnosis. We're also getting our bone density tested. And two, we're working with a dietitian or at least addressing how much we're eating and if we're eating enough fat and carbohydrates and overall calories specifically. I'm also going to add a little caveat to that and say we're getting more lab work done to make sure we're not deficient in anything from the root cause of our hypothalamic amenorrhea and also if we're coming off the birth control pill because it can deplete certain nutrients. And also we're working on our relationship with food and addressing our relationship with our body image, knowing that our body composition might change in this process. So the third tip and area that I think you should address if you have hypothalamic amenorrhea and make a priority is that we really want to address exercise and other stressors in our life. So a big thing that I will say that is a golden rule with my clients that I see in my private practice at Fit Cookie Nutrition is that if you can't eat enough to support, you know, your exercise consistently, you need to do less exercise. <laughs> because, you know, if you're exercising and exercising and exercising and experiencing the stressors of daily life, you know, and you're not getting a period consistently, and, you know, it's going to be a lot of work for you mentally and physically to eat enough to support that exercise, then we simply need to do less exercise because that shouldn't be how it is. 
there's a good chance you could do less exercise and actually achieve more if your body's not so stressed out all the time because of the excess exercise and under fueling because of it. So for my runners, a lot of you probably run because you love it. A lot of you probably run because it's almost therapeutic to you. It's your happy time. It allows you to meditate. It you know, de-stresses you, even if it's stressful for your body. And you probably don't really want to take time off from running. What I will say is that with hypothalamic amenorrhea, it really depends on the person what the outcome of your exercise might be. For some people, it might involve stopping running completely, and that may or may not be temporary. For other people, it might involve continuing to run at the same level and just really addressing the other stressors in life and making sure you're eating enough and that your lab work is coming back optimized in order to gain a period and keep it. And for other people, it might involve, you know, reducing your running for a little bit and really addressing those other things um, in order to, you know, continue at the same rate eventually. The goal with my clients is often to find the exercise patterns that are going to work for you and your body in order to achieve your goals and be healthy. (laughs) So for some, that's going to look like, you know, keeping running as a priority. And for others, it might mean, you know, my health is more of a priority to me right now. So I'm okay with reducing or even stopping running, you know, temporarily or for the foreseeable future in order to improve my status. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but the answer is that exercise is a stressor and therefore it's a really big component in hypothalamic amenorrhea. Some suggestions I can make if you're really wanting to go all in, so to speak, to get your period back and regulated, I would recommend reducing drastically your exercise or even just resting altogether for several weeks, at least, you know, one to two menstrual cycles and seeing how that affects you. And then slowly starting to add it back in, preferably with the help of a professional who is trained in this. Um, I am also a personal trainer, so that's something that I help my clients with who are coming off of injury um, or burnout or adrenal fatigue, which is associated with hypothalamic amenorrhea as well. Another recommendation I have is that if you are someone who does several races a year, you know, maybe you do two marathons a year or you do a couple half marathons a year, I'd recommend after each training cycle, like every four to six months or so, it's really a good idea to take one to two weeks off minimum completely where you're doing no exercise, you're allowing your body to rebuild. It might feel terrible (laughs) to do this mentally, physically. You might feel like a lazy blob, but I I promise it is helpful to you in order to, you know, improve your health, allow for optimum recovery for that stress that you can't necessarily detect because you just get so caught up in the routine and the grind. And it's it's only going to do good things for you, even if it feels kind of weird when you're doing it. So that is a good way to prevent your body from getting kind of deeper and deeper into the hole when it comes to hormone imbalance and adrenal fatigue and hypothalamic amenorrhea. So what does this all mean? (laughs) I would basically really highly recommend you take this seriously if you are currently not having a period or if you are currently experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea, even if it's a newer thing that you're experiencing, especially, you know, if it's been happening to you for several months or even years, it's definitely something that you need to take seriously. If you want to be able to run, you know, past just your (laughs) thirties, 
well into, you know, your 40s, 50s, 60s for life and continue to build fitness. And also, if you want to avoid injury, like stress fractures, bone density issues down the road, I know it might not seem like a big deal now because it seems so far into the future and you'll figure it out later. But time really is of the essence with something like this. And a lot of that damage is irreversible after a certain point. So I really encourage you to focus on that and take it seriously. And this topic is really important to me because I see so many women going through this, including my clients, my friends, family, and even myself. There was a period of time where I was experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea, and luckily I was able to kind of nip it in the butt (laughs) really before it became a really big problem, and I avoided any kind of really severe overuse injuries like stress fractures or infertility issues. And I'm very, very fortunate of that um, and that I was able to really research this topic and help myself out and and overcome that before it became a problem. But I know for many other women, it is a very, you know, severe problem and it's it's really long term and they've, they've been dealing with it for a really long time and maybe have experienced, you know, complications and it can be really heartbreaking. And that's why I'm so passionate about just putting out more awareness about this topic because it's really not talked about. And oftentimes our only solution when we go to the doctor is to be put on the birth control pill. And that's really outdated and it's never been very effective in the first place. So Anything you can do to advocate for yourself if you know something's wrong and seek out the help that you feel comfortable with and do what feels right for you. And I wish you the best of luck with that and would be happy to support you in any way that I can. If you are wanting more information on this, I have a couple of free resources. Well, they're not free, but they're inexpensive resources um, that you may use. The following books No Period, Now What by Dr. Nicola Rinaldi is a great one. Overcoming Hypothalamic Amenorrhea, Get Your Period Back, Get Your Life Back by Tina Muir is a really great book. Tina is a professional um, British runner who has been very outspoken about this topic based off of her own experiences with infertility and um, injury and being a professional runner. So I highly recommend you check out all of her information. She is also very outspoken in terms of working with a dietitian. She worked with Nancy Clark, who is a world-renowned sports dietitian, was the ticket to help her actually get pregnant. Um, so I would highly recommend checking out Tina. And also the book Roar by Dr. Stacey Sims is a really great book if you want to understand female physiology and how exercise, nutrition, lifestyle um, all play into this. And if you are wanting highly individualized nutrition coaching or personal training services, I would love to talk with you. (laughs) Um, You can definitely head over to fitcookienutrition.com to set up a free discovery call to work with me. And again, if you are wanting to test out those inside tracker lab services where you just go to any Quest lab with the lab slip that you purchase and you get your results, Um, through Inside Tracker and certain recommendations. And if you wanted to collaborate with me on that, I'd be happy to do that with you as well. In a consult, you can use code HOLLY, which is H-O-L-L-E-Y, for 20% off at your checkout there. And just shoot me a message if you're wanting to set up a consult to do that. This episode was, I hope, super informative when it comes to introducing you to hypothalamic amenorrhea and some ways that You can act now to improve your health for the future. 
And because I started thinking of so many other different avenues I could have gone with this episode, I'm going to do a part two with a very special guest, and we're going to elaborate more on gut health when it comes to hypothalamic amenorrhea. So if this episode was interesting to you, make sure you stay tuned for part two. I really, really hope that this was helpful information for you. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. And I hope that you start to make strides into getting your period back so that you can keep running happy and healthy. Until next time, guys, happy running.